Welcome to Mahogany Moms Podcast. My name is Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm here to provide support and education on all things motherhood. Join me every other Wednesday for encouragement, inspiration, and information as we delve into health, mental and physical, education, money, and everything else that comes with this motherhood journey. Hey moms, if you can use some weekly encouragement, text MOTIVATE to 1-833-638-5442. You'll get weekly encouragement right to your phone. Also, if you love the podcast and would like to interact with some of the guests we've had on the podcast, we now have a group on Facebook called Mahogany Moms Podcast. So be sure to look for us over on Facebook. We'll also drop a link in the show notes. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Cedrica, and she is a Navy mom. Um, she's been in the Navy for 14 years, and she's the owner of Baget. And so I'm going to let her tell you more about her company and what she does and how she manages three kids and the Navy. So welcome, Cedrica, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> sure. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Blessed as always. Can't complain. <laughs> well, good. So tell us what is it like being in the Navy and being in the Navy for 14 years? That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like you blink and it's 14 years later. But it's it's a journey for me when I first well, I joined. I'm originally from Chicago. So I joined out of Chicago at the age of 19. Wow. And it was actually something I always wanted to do to be in the military because in high school, I was in JROTC, so I already decided in high school that I was going to join the military. So when I joined at first, I hated it. <laughs> it was it was a, the, the structure of getting used to something different outside mm-hmm. of home and having people tell you what to do. My whole attitude was like, uh-uh. <laughs> but you said you wanted to be in the military, right? I did, I did. but when I joined, it was like, what? <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> So it was like a, a culture shock for me because it was totally different from anything I was I've been used to growing up, of course. So, but at like after my my first four years was the biggest struggle for me because I deployed three times in four years, and wow. so at the time I already had my oldest daughter. She was about one. She was about one and a half years old when I joined, and so she was living with my mom in Chicago at the time. And so it was a struggle for me because of deploying, coming back and forth, because my first deployment was six months. My second one was seven. My last one was nine months. And so I was more out to sea than I was home. So like visiting to go see my daughter in Chicago, I probably visit maybe once a year and no more than two weeks at a time because <laughs> I was always like in and out, out to sea. And so fast forward to today, I'm glad I stuck it out because it's been... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's made me a better person. It's, it's the reason why I am where I am today, part of the reason why I'm this person I am today. And it's been the best thing for my family in general. So, <laughs> okay. So I just wonder, did your daughter think that your mom was her mom since you had long deployments? <laughs> I would go home to visit and she would literally call, my, call me by my first name. <laughs> she uh, would be- mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, I'm mommy. No, you're not. You're Cedrica. <laughs> like two years old talking about some Cedrica. <laughs> so it took some time for her to like get used to me again because <laughs> she didn't know me that well. She was still a baby, of course. 
So it, it took some time for her to start calling me mama. <laughs> I can imagine. And I can imagine that maybe it took a little bit more time to, and maybe on her end, maybe not on yours, but just to bond and attach to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That took time for me as well, because of course I was still a child myself and <laughs> learning how to be a mom was a struggle for me in the beginning. And she didn't even move until she was about six years old. And that was after I got off got off the ship and got onto shore duty where I just worked in a base and worked in a building. So I wasn't like leaving or anything. And so she moved with me. She, she was about six years old. And that's when I really <laughs> went through some lessons. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I can, I can imagine you went through some and she was going through some herself. Definitely. I was still in like a bad situation at the time. I was in an abusive relationship and she moved with me and I was living with the guy too as well. And so I had to be like, things had to happen for me to literally get out of that situation. I was on, cause the house we lived in at the time was like two hours away from the base I was stationed on. So wow. we do um, where we stand duty. Right. And so one night I was staying in 24 hour duty. I was at work overnight and I get a phone call at like eight o'clock at night from the sheriff's office telling me that my daughter was left at home by herself. So my significant other left her at home by herself. And of course I couldn't get there in time. So they already had turned over to child protective services. And so during that time, it was, she was in foster care for about six months. So I had to go back and forth to court and everything to fight to get her back, which thank God I did. (laughs) And uh, of course I upped and moved to a whole new house to get away from my significant other at the time. (laughs) So I'm like, I got to get my child back. Mm -mm. So that was like a a lesson I had to learn too, to become a better parent and become a better person in general. Cause I put my daughter in that situation, mm. even though he left her at home by herself and you, right. you're, not, you're not supposed to do that. But at the same time, I'm still her mom. So it's my responsibility to protect her at all costs. <laughs> was she trying to get back to your mom? Like during that time, was she like, I want my, no, she was trying to get back to me. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, so that's your oldest daughter. And so you have a son that's beyond her, uh, behind her. And so you said each of, so I know, I know some of the story about your youngest, but I'm not used to, they're all miracles. So tell me about your motherhood with your, with your middle child, with your son. Well, at the time when I was going through back and forth to court trying to get my oldest back I found out I was pregnant with him <laughs> mm-hmm. so like it was stressful of course because I'm pregnant like I'm trying to get my daughter back I'm going back and forth to court and everything so but everything pretty much happened at the right time for me like my kids coming into it was literally a time that I that's just it. like my oldest um I was sexually assaulted when I was 16 so that's how she was conceived like all my kids just came in my life at the right time when I needed them, even though I didn't know or didn't think it was the right time. But as I got older, that's what I realized that they're all miracles to me because they just came in the time that I needed them. Mm, okay. Wow. That is that whole thing about your daughter coming from a sexual assault. That's a whole story in and of itself. So you're, you know, um, trying to get your daughter back. You find out you're pregnant and what are you like? What are you thinking? Are you like, oh my gosh, you know, how am I gonna manage this? 
Exactly. Like being a single mom to two kids now, not just one. So during that time when I was pregnant was during the time I uh, literally got just got myself together and, you know, making sure I got my daughter back (laughs) during that time and making sure she was good. And I had everything lined up that I needed to and no, with no issues or whatnot. So it was really like, um, I was scared. I was terrified because I'm like, I'm about to have another baby. I'm going to support two kids, you know, I'm by myself. And so thankfully my mom, she's always been my backbone through my whole Navy career. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She moved to California when my son was about two months old. Oh, wow. mm -hmm, So she's been like with me ever since then. And like, whenever I've had to deploy, even after that, she's the one that takes care of my kids. Cause I've done five deployments total in my career. Wow. So one of the things that I always encourage moms is, you know, to ask for help and that you can't do it alone. And so whether that be with a significant other or a grandparent or a friend, whoever, whoever you can trust to help you. And so you just spoke to the fact that you need support. I mean, whether you're a Navy mom or a working, you know, a mom who's, you know, not in the services, but, you know, working mom, you need help. It's, it's hard to do it on your own. Um, no help. Okay. So tell me about your youngest baby. Cause that's the, that's the story that just, I was in shock when you shared your story about how she came to be. So tell us the story about how your youngest came. Okay, let me tell you about this little girl. <laughs> so mind you, both of my older kids, they're eight years apart. So my oldest is 15, my son is seven, and but they're a day apart. My son's birthday is February 15th. My daughter's birthday is February 16th. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but they're, they're a big gap. So now, you know, I'm thinking I'm done having kids. I only have had one fallopian tube because I got one removed back in 2010 due to this like cyst I was having growing and so they just removed the whole left tube so like I'm thinking I can't handle my kids there's no way (laughs) so Marley's dad he has a vasectomy no vasectomy (laughs) I was on birth control and also had one fallopian tube. And then like one day I actually had a doc's appointment for something totally different. Like I went to go see my therapist. And so my therapist, <laughs> she asked me, oh, how you doing? Cause I wasn't, I woke up that morning not feeling, I'm like, something ain't right. Cause I felt nauseous. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up that morning, went to see my therapist. She's like, oh, how you doing? I said, I feel pregnant. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what I said. <laughs> and so she was like, well, maybe you should go to the clinic to get a test. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. But and at the time, of course, I still didn't want to believe like there's no way it can't not be possible. So I go to the clinic, do the pregnancy test. They come back. Oh, you're pregnant. It's a positive. I said, no, nah, that ain't right. I need to that. <laughs> okay. Cause let's just recap for a minute. So you only had one fallopian tube. You were on birth control and your significant other had had a vasectomy. Was this like a fresh vasectomy? Like had he just had it? Years old. Oh my gosh. Yep. Did he call his doctor back or did you call the doctor back and say, what? I literally called the clinic that he got the military hospital we go to. I literally called them. I asked them all the questions in the world. They say it's not 100%. There's still a small chance, but it's like a 0.1%. Wow. (laughs) So so what's the percentage? Birth control is the same thing. It's like 99 point something effective. So 
Marley was really, I mean, she was destined to be here. Yes. <laughs> Most definitely. She came here with a bang. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> so, so, okay. So you hadn't, you hadn't, you thought, okay, I'm not having any more kids. Like we're good because, you know, I'm on birth control. I have one fallopian tube and he had a vasectomy. So what was your thought? Like when you found out you were pregnant and you really were like, okay, this is really happening. Were you like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I called him. I was like, um, you got a vasectomy? You sure you got a vasectomy? <laughs> he's like, yeah, like, got the, he sent me the paperwork. Like, he was in denial for a while because he's like, that can't be possible. <laughs> but of course, we took we took the like the whole test, the crazy DNA test and everything so I could shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, it came back like, if you if you know how a DNA test looks, you know how, like, when they have the genetics numbers going down the paper, literally, she's more his than mine, because the numbers almost match <laughs> to him, wow. and they look just alike, like, she's his twin, like, she looks nothing like me <laughs> at all. Was he like, when he, was he like, how is this possible? Yeah, yeah, because I was like, I'm the type of, when I pray to God, I'd be having conversations like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this (laughs) like now you trying it what I don't understand what's this so but it seemed I think it was for me it was getting me just back on track to what I needed to focus on as far as like because even her dad like we're we're just cool or whatever and he's not a bad guy or nothing but I'm not supposed to be with him (laughs) so so it was was a way to like curve (laughs) my distraction towards back to where I needed to focus. Hmm, that's, that is interesting. So you, the, the pregnancy you felt like was a way for you to refocus or after, which I know that sounds kind of weird, but sometimes when I guess what I'm trying to decipher is when you say it was your way back to focus, like did the focus come once you found out you were pregnant? Like, okay, I need to, okay. Not- was it so much when she, once she got here? No, it was, it was before she got here for sure. Yeah, that I just needed to, because I'm the type of person when I when I care about someone, I'm I give 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 give. I'm 100% in stuff like that, and mm-hmm. so now I find myself in where like I'm I literally just 100% focus on myself and my kids. <laughs> like anybody else come my way, I'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> Stay over there, please. <laughs> that I'm, I'm like when you shared that with me, I was like what oh my gosh so we like I said before Marley is destined to be here because she came from (laughs) some some (laughs) 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 so motherhood has highs and lows can you share some of the well we'll start with the highs so share some of the highs of motherhood that you've experienced the highs for me with my kids like with my two oldest their talents like my family on my mom's, we're very artistic. We're very artsy. And so my daughter, I brag about my kids a lot because they're so talented. They're so smart. <laughs> they're so intelligent. Like my daughter, she's in performing arts school for visual arts. So she does like sketching, graphic designing. And she started sketching around the age of nine. And uh, when I used to see her drawings before, I think she was always tracing until I actually saw her draw something on her own. I was like, wow. So like, when I did my last appointment, my mom had found the, the performing arts school to get her into. So she's been a performing arts school since she's been in sixth grade and she's a 
she's about to be a sophomore. Wow. Um, okay. To build her skills. And my son, same way. He's very artsy, very like, he's a techie gamer, all that boy stuff. <laughs> and, and he's good with sketching as well. And like, I've already started watching his skills grow. Because one thing I believe about when you see your kids, like whatever they're talented in, you have to invest in it. So like when my daughter started art, you know, all the art kids, I got her art desk, art canvas, like everything she needs. The, the pencils, the markers, the whatever. I, I do the same thing with my son, build his skill up. He got his art sets and everything. He loves to draw now too. And plus, uh, sometimes my oldest, she'll teach him different techniques as well. So like, I just love watching them grow into their talents and what they love to do. And I'm just waiting on Miss Marley to see what she do. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that your son, I mean, I know you said that it's kind of like in your, in the gene pool, but do you think some of it, your son picking up some of that talent came from like watching your daughter, watching his sister? Yeah, I believe so. And he's, he's a little math whiz too. He loves, he could do anything math. <laughs> oh, okay. Like he's a little engineer because he likes to build stuff, like with, whether it's video games or Legos, he likes to do the whole, he's just, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So he would, he would probably really love my son because he does the same. He's into the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would be best friends. <laughs> so, okay. So that's some of the highs of motherhood. What are some of the lows that you've experienced? The lows was pretty much what I went through with my oldest, as far as um, going through the whole, getting her back out of foster care and stuff. That was the lowest point of my okay. motherhood for me. Okay. Do you ever, you know, a lot of moms, myself included, sometimes I'm just like ugh, frustrated or I just need a minute. And I'm just like, just give me a minute. Do you have times like that? Yeah, but I don't, I never really like act out on it. Like get, get like snappy or stressed out or whatever. I literally like for me, self care, I always make sure I take, take at least if it's not, uh, if it's not once a week, at least once a month to like do something for myself. <laughs> So I can be like to, you know, level-headed or whatnot. But for me, like overall motherhood, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Like even through COVID, I've realized how much I like to be at home with my kids. <laughs> and some people be like, you like to be at home with your kids also? Actually, I do. <laughs> like I find myself to enjoy it a lot, and which makes me look forward to like when I retire out the Navy and just be with my kids and run a business full time. So that's what I was going to ask you. Since you are in the Navy and you've had deployments, you know, you've had long deployments, do you think that's part of why you're so, you know, they say distance makes the heart grow fonder. And because mm -hmm. you've had the experience of being away from your kids for a long, prolonged periods of time, you really cherish this time that you've had with them. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Because when I've been on deployment, kind of separate yourself emotionally from being away from your family because you got you got to get through it. So you got to find ways to get through deployment. You got to create a routine because for almost a year. <laughs> but so you have to find a routine and um, keep up, of course, the communication with your family as well, and just find ways to get through it for yourself for your own mental stability. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, well, two questions. These are one of them is the I know. So with your oldest daughter, your you said one of your longest deployments was nine months. Mm -hmm. With your son, have you had another, has another deployment that's been just as long? I know I did one when he was about one years old. And then the other one I did was about in 2016. 
those both were probably around just six or seven months. Okay. So that's just, I mean, for a kid, that's a long time to be, you know, away. You know, thankfully you have your mom to step in and to support yeah. you. But did you notice any difference like with your son's relationship when you came back home? Was he like more distant or? No, I noticed a big difference in my oldest though, because she's been through me deployment pretty much my whole career. <laughs> so it affected her more, not my last deployment, but the one before that. That deployment, I actually realized how it affects her because other deployments she didn't like, like she wasn't stressed. She wouldn't go through like any, you know, all the teen, <laughs> teenage stuff or whatever. But the deployment I did uh, at that time, I came back home and she was like, she, I know when I was deployment, my mom stayed in contact with me. She was depressed. She was, you know, having anxiety. So that deployment specifically really hit her the most when I was gone. And that made me realize like, wow, this is really affecting her because other deployments, it didn't really affect her as much as with me being gone. And so I guess with her getting older and, you know, dealing with her hormones and stuff. So it really affected her at that time. My son, he's, he's a type of kind of laid back kid. <laughs> he <like>, oh, no. <laughs> and thankfully I haven't been gone as much since he's, <laughs> he's been born. So. Yeah. Okay. So do you have at this point, do you have control over, I won't say control, but do you have some input as to when you'll be deployed or if you'll, you know, how long your deployment will be since you have 14 years in the military? I don't really, I'm not up on how that works. So. <laughs> well, you have control over like kind of where you want to go. Okay. Like I've been in California for over 10 years. I decided to stay in California because I wanted to, because I don't, because a lot of people like our bill is be like three, some, sometimes four years and people move to different states, different countries throughout their career. I'm not doing all that because <laughs> I don't feel like moving a whole house with kids every three, four years. That's just too much. So I've been in, thankfully I've been in California pretty much my whole career. And so you're able to choose kind of where you want to go as far as like within California, but you cannot determine like, hey, can I not go because their deployment this time, their deployment that time. But you can find out like once once we find out where we're going, you can find out what their schedule is or before you even get chosen to go to some go somewhere, you could do research on when this ship is deploying or when before you pick and choose where you want to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it's likely that in the, you know, this is your 14th year and you want to stay, you, you plan to retire. Is it likely that you'll deploy again between now and then? Yeah. Like right now I'm on shore duty. So I have another year before I even have to go back to a, back to, to another command. And so after shore duty, I will be up for another sea billet, like, like to a ship, but there's a lot of different commands that would be considered sea duty, but they don't go anywhere. So I can pick and choose like, where I want to go because it is getting close time for me to retire. So I'm not really trying to go anywhere where they're about to be gone for, you know, cause I have to repair, prepare to get out <laughs> my, okay. cause once I, once I go back to sea duty, I'll only have four more years left in the military. So I'm focused on time. My <laughs> see y'all when I see you, <laughs> but not on no base. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so are there other Navy moms, like when you deploy her on the ship, I'm sure there are, but do you all kind of congregate and talk about the difficulties of, of motherhood and being, you know, in the service or being in the Navy? Cause I, I'm, I know about the different branches, but I would imagine that being out at sea is maybe more difficult than being like in another country on land. I don't know though. I'm just guesstimating because, so I'll let you speak to that. <laughs> so we do go to under other countries and like get vacation time when we pull into other countries, like everybody get hotels, do their own things, stuff like that to explore in different countries. But as far as moms coming together, no, let me tell you about the Navy. It's high school. <laughs> I'm the type of person I'm very careful about who I associate with and who I surround myself with. Me on deployment is literally me tunnel vision. I work out, I build a routine, I work out, I'll take a college course, I'll do something to keep me busy, whether when I'm off work, when I'm done working for the day or whatever. And I literally just be to myself. I probably have one person that I hang out with, but other than that, nah. <laughs> These females, <laughs> so what do you wish you knew about motherhood before becoming a mom? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I wish I was just prepared better for the world in general. You know, like old school parents, my mom, of course, she did her best. <laughs> she nobody knows everything, but I didn't get that that talk or be prepared for what's in the real world or whatnot from as, as growing up. Cause I was very sheltered as a kid too. Like I'm, I was introvert. Like my daughter is like, I say to myself, I was a nerd, <laughs> love school. All I <laughs> did my, did my homework, got straight A's. I was the type of nerd that stayed at school, even during senior ditch day. I was still at school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm nerd nerd. So I guess I just wish I was prepared more for the world in general as far as a mom, but I don't, I don't really regret anything I've been through my path as a mom. I don't regret any of it because it's, it's built me to be stronger and a better person to where I am today. So, Okay. I want to go back and ask this question. And if it's uncomfortable to talk about, let me know. But there is a, a mom or a woman that may be listening to the podcast and it resonates with her, but you said that your your oldest daughter came from a sexual assault. What made you decide to keep her? Because a lot of women decide not to because of the nature in which it happened. Well, when I found out I was pregnant or whatever, I was terrified. <laughs> I was so scared. I didn't even tell anybody I was pregnant until I was about five months. So my mom didn't know. My older brother didn't know. And then once I told my mom, they was like, okay, you know, they were calm about it and cool about it. And my mom did ask me, so what do you want to do? <laughs> and I just made the decision, like, I have to keep my baby. <laughs> like, I'm a kid, but there's something I got to do. For some reason, I just I just felt that it, it was the right decision for me to do. Okay. So, you know, because that is a, I'm, I don't know if you've gotten that question before, but I've known other women in the same situation, you know, who some who've made the same decision and others who haven't. But I know that for a lot of women, it's a difficult decision to make. Um, it can be, maybe not in every case, but it can be a difficult decision to make. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that, for, you know, talking about it. Okay, so... Do you think you parent differently or mother differently as a Navy mom? Yes, I think I parent differently a lot. 
<laughs> because I'm a very realistic person. I parent differently. Um, when it approached like my oldest, she's a teenager. Of course, they're going to go through a rebellious stage and all of that. Because um, as moms or as parents in general, a lot of us forget how we were as teenagers. So we forget about that. And you you expect the child to be perfect with everything and not make mistakes. But it's happening. It's going to happen. It's about how you approach the situation. That's the big deal. Okay. So how has being in the service kind of shaped how you run your household as a mom, if that makes sense? Structure. <laughs> Literally, like the military has helped me when it comes to like structuring everything as far as like scheduling, timing, like I am OCD when it comes to time. Like literally I get up on when I'm working, I get up at four in the morning. Mind you, I don't have to be at work till eight. <laughs> I get up at four in the morning to start my day, do my little morning routine, like say my prayer, read a uh, part of the book I'm reading for the month, <laughs> write in my journal. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll get up to like eat my breakfast. And then of course with baby girl, most of the time she's up when I'm up. <laughs> so get her a bottle and you know get her prepared before my mom takes her and everything but and then I'll go I'll be on base by like six in the morning because I don't I like to avoid traffic <laughs> and ahead of that and all like all the gate traffic on the base and everything so yeah <laughs> it's very that's the main thing the Navy has taught me is like with structure and time and being on time if you're on time you're late <laughs> time if you own time you're late that's what I want yeah that, I probably need to take some notes because yeah my time being on time I try I try really hard but sometimes I don't uh, yeah <laughs> it's it, on the list of things to work on do you think you parent or you mother differently as an African-American mother yeah because in my opinion with some African African-American mothers they're very like uh strict or very how do you say it? Like very strict, very demanding, I guess you can say. Um, and not that it's something wrong with being strict. It's not really about being strict. It's about having boundaries, just setting boundaries, but not like uh, enforcing or being coming at it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're all about structure and boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can, it sounds like you, part of, a lot of that comes from like the military. Well, the structure most definitely, but boundaries too, I would imagine. Yes. Yes. And I, I decided a long time ago, like I told my mom when I had my daughter, I said, I will not parent like you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do not do the Pope parent thing. I'm not doing that with my kids. We not doing that. <laughs> and what does your mom say to that? remember but I'm pretty sure she had an attitude (laughs) (laughs) because now because you know now she's with you and she's supporting you so she's kind of like the other parent I mean she's still you know grandma but how does that work like when she first moved with me it took some getting used to to how I parent and like of course with her parenting and like raising in my brother but like now like over the years she respects how I parent she respects you know how I raise my kids because I mean, I, I think I do pretty well by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so she res- she respects my parenting, like, for the most part. And me and my mom, we're very close. So Okay. Okay. So any lasting 
tips or words of encouragement you have for moms? Yes. As a mom, of course, it's, we go through our challenges. It's tough at times, but as long as you First, you need to learn how to take care of yourself first so you can take care of others the right way. As long, once you take care of yourself and structure yourself how you need to be, um, deal with your mental health, mental stability, and self-care, once you get all that lined up with yourself, then being a mother will get better. Your parenting will get better. And uh, we have to wake up every with doing everything with intention to you know, wake up to be a great mom, wake up the, with the intention to be a good person. So. That is great. Like, I'm glad you talked about self-care and I'm glad you talked about intention, right? Because Mm -hmm. you have to be intentional to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so many moms struggle with putting themselves first. It seems selfish and it seems Mm -hmm. like it's just something that a lot of times moms just struggle with and they don't make time for. But I'm so glad that you said, like, if, if you take care of yourself, then it'll make being a mom easier. And so that's important. And so I appreciate you for um, sharing that tip. I appreciate you for, for coming on to the Mahogany Mamas podcast. Now, how can moms find you? Oh, well, my Instagram is Bajet, as B-A-G-G-E underscore L-L-C. Um, you can find me there. And also you can find me on Facebook, uh, same name, Bajet, L-L-C. And also my, my website is bajetaprons.com. And you can contact me through there as well. Okay. So because I did not, I, I said that you, you're, you own a company and it's called Bajet, but what is the name? What's the significance of the name? And, and just tell, tell everybody a little bit about what that, what that company is. Okay. So Bajet, it pretty much originally came from uh, when I first joined the Navy as a chef is what I call myself because my last name is Baggett and I call myself Bajet as a chef in the Navy and not knowing years later, I was going to name the business that, but it includes uh, me and my daughter. She, we do, uh, we design our own aprons and it also includes, I'm a parent coach where I help moms build unbreakable bonds with their teens through cooking, which includes the seven week program with that, that I call parental queens because we're all parents, but we're all queens. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you for sharing. And so moms, we will, if, you, if you're looking, if you want more information about Cedrica and what she does and her uh, parent coaching or um, her aprons, um, we'll leave her information in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your story and coming onto the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Have a good night. Hey moms, if you can use some weekly encouragement, text MOTIVATE to one 833 638-5442. You'll get weekly encouragement right to your phone. Also, if you love the podcast and would like to interact with some of the guests we've had on the podcast, we now have a group on Facebook called Mahogany Moms Podcast. So be sure to look for us over on Facebook. We'll also drop a link in the show notes. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Mahogany Moms Podcast with me. If you like the podcast, please show your support by sharing it and leaving a review. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com. Until next time.